God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show, and I'm joined by Leonora Carvota. Hello, Leonora. Good morning, Scott. So, uh, it's always great to have you on Fridays. Always great to be here. So, uh, there's a lot of news going on. Yes. It's kind of strange. I feel like we're starting to win. I feel like there's a lot of momentum. You know, I, I was just looking at Jim Jordan's tweets and... Uh, listening to Ted Cruz on Hannity and all kinds of things. And it seems like the, there's a sea shift, a momentum change. And you could see that when you see uh, them flip-flopping on their position. Trust the science. Well, the science apparently has changed over the last couple of weeks. So in other words, the science is a moving target. So how can it be science if it keeps shifting? Because it's political. <laughs> <laughs> the science is well, political. Well, they do, they do use that discipline term, political science. Maybe that's what they meant? Yeah, but you know what? The only way you uh, get this kind of corruption in government is with election fraud. Sure. That's the only way you can actually get criminals of this magnitude in office, in power. Uh, it's got to be from a corrupt mechanism to begin with, and that's, that's the biggest problem. So I, I take great comfort in learning that uh, Ren Williams who basically is a uh, Virginia delegate, and uh, he, he represents the Virginia's 9th House District, tweeted out yesterday that uh, they just passed the voter ID for Virginia. If they do that, Virginia is a red state. Yeah, well, and Virginia is on its way to becoming a red state with Yunkin, so we have a lot to be hopeful for. Yeah. And but, you know, I was reading this. Uh, basically, it says uh, blue states across the country are finally allowing kids to go to school without masks. You may remember a few short months ago, Florida was demonized for allowing the same. Who's up for a little side by side? And where does Governor DeSantis go for his apology? Yes. Where, where, where does he go where everybody went out and talked about how um, 
irresponsible he was behaving. You know how all this ter- all these terrible things were happening in, happening in Florida. They were so reckless, etc. Yet their numbers improved, and people's lives were not shut down. The economy was not shut down, and you know the amount of people moving to Florida or talking about it keeps increasing. You may remember. You may remember that when DeSantis banned mandates, CNN put together a heart wrenching story about how even. 12-year-old kids knew that masks were necessarily necessary in schools, but when it, it isn't Florida allowing kids to be unmasked, we just get the facts. Uh, why the change? So CNN wrote in August 4th, 21, this 12-year-old wrote a letter to her school board in Duval County, Florida, urging them to mandate mask wearing in schools to protect all students and staff, but mostly her little brother. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, you know what happened? And then here, February, fast forward, February 8th, 2022, CNN tweets this out, and they say, as many states see declines in their daily COVID-19 case numbers, and hospitalization rates, some have moved forward with plans to lift a significant mitigation measure, mask mandates in schools. Although New York is is late on that. No, New York is definitely late on that. And I, I can never pronounce the last name of the current governor, Kathy. I, I can't say her last name, but what, But at any event, you know, you, you, you got a situation. Oh, Kirchel, something, something like that. But yeah. in any event, you've got a situation. It's with an H. Yeah, yeah. I always say it wrong, though. Well, you have a situation where now Perlick? suddenly she is going ahead and she is removing the uh, barriers to going into restaurants and clubs and things like that so adults can go around without masks but little kids have to still wear masks to well, school because you got stacy abrams you know uh reading the children without a mask without and all a, the flock and it's all well, these leaders that's because nobody would know who it was unless she had uh you know she removed the mask but she, you, even Obama out in uh, Hawaii, not wearing a mask, but all of his construction crew building his, what is this, his second or third mansion yeah. that he's buying? How do you go into government as a servant and as a, as a servant to the people, and yet somehow uh, you're the king, right? right? Well, you're living like a king. Now, here, here we go. So he goes over at CNN Politics, the same agitprop, agitprop. Story got recycled in Florida, but now we're told Democrat governors outpaced the White House with masking pullbacks. So Ted Cruz was right when he said they're they're trying to take credit in an election year for getting ahead of uh, the Republicans, not only on funding the police, which they're saying three hundred and fifty billion dollars was rejected by the Republicans for this big omnibus yeah. spending bill that mm-hmm. uh, the Biden build back better or whatever wanted to put out <laughs> but the, the, but what they're what they're not telling they're not telling the truth because what they're really not saying is that 350 billion dollars could have been used for anything yeah. so if you give this to Mayor Lightfoot for example in Chicago she's going to re- reappropriate that those funds for psych, psych, psychologists to go out into a, a shooting zone and try to calm people down. Or they're going to give everybody raises or they're going to bail out their budget because they ran their cities into the ground. All those cities, for example, Minneapolis, um, Baltimore, and all these cities that were riddled by riots over the summer of uh, 2019, 2020, 
in, in an election season where they were rigging the election and using Black Lives Matter as slaves to finance and fund raise for Act Blue, a bunch of all white liberal Democrats uh, living out of Massachusetts, um, Act Blue. Uh, was using their slaves, mm-hmm. the Black Lives Matter people, to basically rape, kill, and pillage in the streets, set buildings on fire, and somehow th- they have a problem with honking horns as terrorism, but yet that's not terrorism. Tearing statues down is not terrorism. But in addition to that, they tore these cities apart over the last couple of years, and the media, not only did the media just lie to you, and that's what we're kind of talking about right here. These, um, they're trying to change the narrative in an election year. Don't believe them. When Barry Weiss came out on Bill Maher, for example, and was saying, take the masks off, and Bill Maher, the same thing, take the masks off. This is all because they're kind of leading the charge with the Democrat mantra. Yeah, they and are. And they're, they're hijacking, just like they did with Jim Crow, just like they did with slavery, just like they did with segregation. They're trying to hijack history. Yeah. And, and they do that by erasing uh, your education, uh, changing the history books. Uh, they do that by tearing statues down. They do that by cancel culture and making it so it's a one-sided argument where you don't get to speak because you're racist, but yet they get to speak and they get to control the narrative. And that whole thing about political correctness was all designed to do that. And now we're censored on big tech. They're going through another round of purging on, um, purging on Twitter. But thank goodness, because Trump, uh, the Trump media group uh, run by Devin Nunes is coming out. Yeah. And that's going to be a big deal. Getter is actually having a very good year, much better than Parler. But there are a lot of alternatives now in the big tech communities. Uh, I think that Facebook needs a counterpart. Uh, I think that they they don't have a, a balance. No, they don't. Uh, a big competitor for that. But um, they, there needs to be. So there's this thread that I'm, re- I'm going off of where it says, we saw the same thing out of CBS News when it was Florida allowing kids to go to school on masks. We had viral letters urging mandates. Now, this was the Democrats doing that. And all of a sudden, two months later, the science has somehow changed. And I think, I think what it was was they saw the poll numbers. And they saw these poll numbers and are reacting to it, saying, we're going to get massacred. We're going to get slaughtered. Yeah, it's always yeah. about it's always about votes. It's always about the economy. There's always mm. some uh, ulterior motive that's driving these decisions when they shift so abruptly. And that and you know somebody realized that they're going to be losing out on something. I mean, it's as simple as that. And that's what these shifts are. You know, and you see, and you and you see that a lot with what the mantras that you're now hearing. And it's interesting to see how. They shift position and they try to, you know, backpedal their past behavior. And it's curious because the same entities that you see talking about, you know, try, as you've said, trusting the science and well, you absolutely must wear a mask. And, and if you sat there and you replayed every communication, you know, the, the major ones in sequence and you listen to some of what we heard and just 
replayed it, you know, one after the other, and and you looked at it, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, first, uh, you know, two weeks to slow the spread, then wear a mask, then get a vaccination, then get a second vaccination, then get a booster. Oh, wait a moment, the vaccinations aren't completely foolproof, so you need to get a test, and you need to get not this type of test, you need that type of test, and oh, and you need a vaccine and a test. I'm So what's going to eventually start happening, in my opinion, is the people are going to start fighting back, and they already are globally. They're fighting back against this. It's impacting um, the way our country is run from a political situation in terms of elections, also the, you know, obviously the economy. So there's this pressure about businesses shutting down and guidelines, restrictive guidelines. And then, of course, tourism. You've got the situation where you now notice a lot of the Western European countries and uh, countries in Africa and other places are starting to loosen their regulations within country of when you need to show proof of vaccination but at the same time they're also loosening their entrance requirements so a lot of there are places that are not requiring a vaccine they may say they may require you to quarantine for a brief period of time but even that is being rolled back to shorter and shorter time frames to the point where i think we're going to just eventually evolve to a point where it's going to just be constant testing and I think the American public or the global public would be okay with pre- frequent tests as opposed to um, to vaccines. Because the way I liken this, Scott, I think about frequent tests are similar to say an athlete has to weigh in or has to be tested for drugs or has to all those types of things. Our mindsets are, are trained to be acceptive of frequent testing. I don't think we are trained to accept foreign entities going into our bodies. Right. You know, uh, I was also saying that uh, this decentralization of these rapid tests is taking the power and control out of uh, centralized government. You know how like the government wanted to federally control our elections and federally count the numbers and federally rig the system? Yeah. Uh, From the, you know, if you look at the pyramid structure, they're at the top of the pyramid and they want to control every narrative at the top. It's a very select few. If you look at a pyramid, the very, very top is a very select few people. Yeah, yeah. And you can keep a secret in that little pyramid at the top. But, uh, and, and you can control the, the wide body of found, and foundation, which is basically our middle class. Uh, in a healthy society, you want that foundation to be very strong, and that, that would be a very wide, broad swath of middle class workers. Um, but what we're seeing is um, a theft, a grand theft on a magnitude uh, disproportionate with history. Uh, We've never seen this kind of theft from the middle class to the the radical elites, to the illegals, to the non-Americans, to all of these different things that we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks. And this inflation number is part and parcel for the whole thing. And again, the media just simply lies to us all the time about this. But um, the idea is that with these tests, I think you're going to see either the tests, and I said this yesterday, the the tests are rigged. You know, like those scratch-off lottery tickets? Yeah. 
when they print those up, those are already pre-printed. They sure. already know how many winners. They know, already know how many second-tier winners are. They already know how many third. It's already packed into the budget. Right, absolutely. They have those numbers in a spreadsheet. At some point, every ticket is going to get sold. Yeah. And they already know how much money they're going to spend. It's not a gamble for the people printing the tickets. Certainly not. But it's a, it's a gamble because of the randomization of it when you scratch those things off. You got a dollar, you got a dream. Yeah, so there you go. So the idea is uh, that um, they, uh, who's to say that they didn't make these tests in that kind of a random fashion? Although I don't think they can get away with that. I don't think they would be able to pull that off. So these tests, let's just hope that they're legitimate, not rigged, not fixed, not pre-baked, all right, now you're starting to freak me out. What, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you say to so you so you're trying to say that maybe you take the test and the result uh, is it, already predetermined. Is already predetermined. Hmm. Well, I mean, I'm just well. Uh, you know, you, you're you're I'm onto not, something. You're uh, onto something. No, hold but, on, hold on. You're onto something because I was just thinking if you're going towards a whole concept of you know of social credit scores and other things, and you have a world where Big Brother is w- watching. And all right, I I go in and I um you know I I get some of these tests from a store and because um, I didn't want to wait for them to be ma- mailed to me, I go and I buy them with a credit card. They have my name, they have my on the credit card, etc. Or they have my CVS account and information. Probably a serial number associated with the box you bought. Exactly. So they can trace it back to me. They can find other ways to tie it back to me, and um, yeah. and in that way. Um, they could predetermine. Well, let's see. You know, Leonora Cravota is X, Y, and Z. Let, maybe, yeah, and we, maybe, say, maybe we should make her negative. Have you tested positive? And you say, No, I I tested negative. And it's like, Well, your your credit card receipt indicates that you are positive. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because we traced your credit card to the purchase of that test. Yeah, but I didn't take that test. My husband took that test. You know, <laughs> I don't know it's what his a, result it's was. A, if you start thinking about this too much, it freaks you out. It's yeah. too it's too Orwellian, too Aldous Huxley, but, yeah, etc. Okay, but let's just let's just assume that it's legit. All right, let's assume that. I'd, okay. I'd like to assume that. Yeah. So then, okay, if we assume that it's legitimate. Now it's decentralized. Right. Now the results are. What, what if the results are completely different? Then, if you were to take the PCR test and they sent it off to the lab, and you know, because remember, there was a leader from Africa that basically got lamb's milk and put got um, you know crow's blood and all kinds of different things, and he sent them in. He got stuff from a cactus or whatever, you know. He sent them in, and they came back positive. A lot of them. So the cactus had COVID? No, no, no. I mean, I'm making, I'm making up the objects, but <laughs> okay. this is a true story. Yeah. Okay. That the leader of an African nation, I forget which country. Yeah. It's like Kenya or somewhere like that. I, it yeah. wasn't Kenya, though. And what he did was he put the, and he decided he was not going to, he, he wasn't even going to participate, participate in the tests. The idea was that he was putting together he was saying he reported it and it was on video on the news. He reported this and he basically said that, um, you know, this uh, is rigged system that the tests we got, we put in all kinds of placebos in a sense, mm-hmm. you know, fake items to see how the uh, check the integrity of the tests. And lo and behold, the test came back positive for things that should have 
never even registered. Right. So they were predetermined. Like, I don't even think that the labs were testing or doing the work. They were just declaring certain things, positive or negative. You know, and this is a true story. This is uh, from an African uh, leader. You can Google it if you Mm -hmm. want and find out who that uh, guy is. Why don't you do that? Uh, while I'm, while I'm doing this, but um, you know, it's a, a African leader, random tests, you know, whatever, and uh, it'd be interesting. But it's a true story, and I'm just saying that uh, with this decentralization, though, uh, it could change the narrative. What if our numbers from the rapid tests, the decentralized tests, are significantly different than the centralized tests? that were uh, being controlled by the Johns Hopkins and the CDC. I think that would actually uh, merit a new investigation because already we, we know that the numbers were fudged when they finally reluctantly came out and said that uh, that 75% of those who tested po- uh, died is, of COVID had four comorbidities. Are you talking about something that happened two years ago? Yes. Okay, yeah, in Tanzania. Yes. Yeah. Tanzania, there it is. Yeah. And the leader, what, did, what does it say there? There is something happening. I said before, we should not accept that every aid is meant to be good for this nation, says the president. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's the story you talked about, but I, it, it, it happened in May of 2020. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, th- that, that was. But that's that. Well, why were they doing that? Yeah, he's blaming the sharp rise of co- coronaviruses on faulty testing kits. Yes, but yeah. it wasn't even just faulty. They weren't even. I don't think they were testing. Yeah, because if you read the, uh, I'm the, just the skimming. Article, I'm just skimming. Yeah, a bunch doesn't of it say that he tried a whole bunch of different. Of yeah. sources? Yeah, well, on the, yeah, well, it says Like that, in the tests, they weren't even human blood. Well, it said he used uh, samples from a goat and a pawpaw. What's a pawpaw? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but you get the idea, right? Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I get the idea. Yeah, so... Uh, but, but but again, it just goes back to the same point. And the media played along with it every step of the way. I want to play a couple of uh, media clips um, because I wanted to play one for the truckers. I wanted to also play one... Uh, that was one I wanted to play yesterday, but I never had time. So we have a bunch of clips. By the way, in glancing through my clips, you know, Joe Rogan censored on Spot- censored a little bit on Spotify, right. but Spotify stuck with him. Yep. And then he was given an offer by Rumble, right? Yeah. And it's $100 million over four years, $25 million a year. That's where they yeah, get Yeah, I think he's going to have a, t- a tough time no, with that that's $25 where they get million you. It's a not year. $100 million a year. It's $25 million, million a year. each year. Um, you have to script and save a little bit. Yeah. But um, the idea is this. The biggest problem for Joe Rogan isn't going to be the censorship from Spotify. It's going to be that he is now, in my opinion, Joe Rogan is between a rock and a hard place. Because, and I think this is going to spill over to the UFC. The UFC uh, with Dana White, straight shooter guys, right? Straight shooter guys. Well, it turns out that Dana White is underpaying uh, his sports athletes, right? Yeah. He pays about 20% of the till that they take yeah. in, whereas most sports pay about 48 to 50% of mm-hmm. their uh, revenue. To the players. Yeah. Uh, in UFC, it's down around 20%. That's a very low number. So he's already taken a lot of heat from that. The business model for UFC is almost like slave labor. 
Yeah. People are starving. People are making minimum wage as fighters, risking their lives. That's number one. Number two, the biggest voice for the um, media for UFC is Joe Rogan. Yeah. And then Joe Rogan has his podcast. Well, Joe Rogan needs to come out, and I can play the first 20 seconds of this. Yeah, play it. But it's riddled with curse words all through. All right, well, wait. But I posted it on my social media, but we're going to play the first 20 uh, seconds. All right. All right, so let's take a listen. Uh, okay, and we're gonna take we're gonna do that one more time because I got my audio set to a different channel. Here we go. I really believe if yeah. Michelle Obama runs, she might she win. wins. She's great. She's right. the wife of the best president that we right, have had right. in our lifetime. I've never voted right wing in my life. I consider universal basic income a really good idea. I want free college education. Take it easy. Hello, Bernie. How are you, Joe? Wonderful. Pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you. I like Tulsi and I like Bernie. That's it. Oh, yeah? Everybody else can eat shit. Oops. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so there it is. Now, I have to cut it off. It's two, uh, two minutes and 20 seconds. That has about... I mean, it would be all beeps. It's, can, it's the F word every step of the way. Can I make a that. comment of, about yeah. something that you didn't play? There is there is a line in there um, in one of the clips where uh, he says, "Not not all." Um, yeah, I know. Let's see. Not Let's all see. Trump's. Here's one. You want to play here, it? The one minute mark. I can try. Can this. you play that? Well, I don't know. Because or can I just you, say it? Is on. it easier? Rights, if I trans can? rights. I'm even universal health care. Obviously, this um, protected status is driving me crazy. This this thing that Trump's doing with children that were born in other uh, countries and then brought over here as children, and then they're talking about deporting them. That drives me fucking. Okay. Oops. So so there it is. So I can't play it. You All know, right. I'll, 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 I'll say it. Uh, but the line the line that um, you know kind of oh, is, yeah, is, yeah. is is a soundbite. You're it's calling us all racist. Yeah. You, you, all right. You, well, let me get to it in a moment. You know you know the quote uh, that you've heard before. Not um, not all Mu- not all Muslims are jihadis, but all jihadis are Muslims. Yeah. Well, in this quote, it, 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 it takes a page out of that and says, uh, "Not all." Trump supporters are racists, but all racists are Trump supporters. Yeah. Okay, so there he goes, and he alienates the yeah. people on the right, where he's yeah. already well, they, alienated the people on the left. Uh, let me tell you something. This video, this audio, is so bad for uh, Joe Rogan, because now what he's done is he's alienated his left base, yeah, his liberal base that liked him. And we know per- people personally that are big fans of yeah, yeah. Joe Rogan. We're not uh, going to mention them. We're not going to mention their but, names. <laughs> but uh, And he's radically liberal, right? Or kind of liberal. Somewhat um, liberal. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're not mentioning any names. Yeah. All right. But in any case, the point is, is, is that um, I think Joe Rogan lost a lot because he, he came out on the side of COVID that was more conservative. Uh, ivermectin what's wrong with that and yeah. you know i thought he did some great work yeah. there so joe rogan is kind of you know peed off the left yeah uh based on what i think was the right thing to do which was having uh these experts on to talk about ivermectin he even had gupta on to actually admit that cnn was lying about yeah. ivermectin being a horse dewormer <laughs> uh solely or exclusively because yeah. they make uh the ivermectin has been distributed by doctors to humans for decades. In any case, now when people, you know, he's come out uh, in that video audio clip 
major pro-abortion guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Loves abortion. He's all for abortion. Yeah. So um, all of these things uh, are going to alienate, and he's never going to win over the right. Okay. And so a guy with that kind of an audience worth $100 million over four years, yeah. I don't see how... As a, from a business model, you can justify that kind of expense. Although, I guess SiriusXM got their return on investment for Howard Stern, the biggest buffoon on earth. Yeah. I mean, what a moron Howard Stern is. He's a piece of crap. Mm. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Howard Stern, he's just such an anti-American fool. Hey, you go back um, into the days of the lesbian dial-a-date, and you know what? It just sounds yeah. so innocent now in the, in the wave of the transgender teen craze. Yeah. Well, we got we played a clip yesterday of Nancy Pelosi um, uh, because I want to get into this whole thing about lockdowns and terrorism and stuff like yep. that. But as well, and again, the media is covering for uh, this. But this is one where there's a supercut that was put out, a bunch of uh, cuts uh, and clips for uh, the lockdowns in Canada, and uh, I want to play this. Sedition insurrection a threat to democracy this city is under siege they are now calling this it an occupation an alarming situation there in ottawa the police chief is calling it a nationwide insurrection driven by madness this is kind of our insurrection by air horn moment it's, i think it's so part of the globalization honking, of by the way, yeah. canadians know really? where i stand there hasn't been as much violence as some had perhaps projected but that for does not two, necessarily mean that it has been peaceful reports of severe vandalism and criminal behavior streets are clogged the honking is incessant and deafening this pandemic has sucked for all canadians residents that i have spoken to who say they feel terrorized intimidated residents say they feel like hostages residents in that area say that they are being held hostage that this freedom has essentially this freedom convoy as they call it has essentially imposed a lockdown on them some protesters harassed a soup kitchen these anti-vaxxers actually took food from the mouths of uh, the homeless hum- hungry yeah because they were they're, they're they're so put upon there have not been any violent they outbursts however homeless. horns yeah. have been honking for 12 to 21 hours right. a night the Small fringe minority of small? people who are on their way to That's Ottawa or small. Uh, small. holding unacceptable uh, views uh, that they're expressing. Many of them are holding Confederate flags. I've heard there's QAnon supporters in the crowd. We've Ooh, seen swastikas. QAnon. We've seen the Confederate flag. We've seen uh, flags with Justin Trudeau, our prime minister, in a noose. Uh, lots of Donald Trump flags as well. People chanting, let's go, Brandon. It is actually one of the rare times in history you're going to see swastikas and yellow stars uh, at the same protest. A few people shouting and waving swastikas does not define who Canadians are. Ottawa is being besieged by a group of anti-do-anything-about-COVID truckers called the Freedom Convoy. A so-called Freedom Convoy. So-called Freedom Convoy of truckers. It's a cult. (laughs) Yes, it is. We've heard it called a nationwide insurrection. (laughs) A threat to democracy, uh, an insurrection, sedition. This is a moment for responsible leaders to think carefully about where they stand and who they stand with. So they want to call that terrorism now. That's an act of terrorism, right? Well, let's listen to the people that live in Ottawa. This is an interracial couple Mm -hmm. where the gentleman is a black man. His wife or girlfriend is a white woman. Uh, Ottawa residents Alicia uh, and uh, Songul 
who live in Centertown curious about the protests, went to check them out and found only love and kindness. Sangol brought his mother to the protests. Uh, she had only seen the mainstream coverage and she changed her mind. Let's take a listen. Hi, yeah. my name is Sungi Kulamala and I own and operate a gym in Ottawa, downtown, called Sungi Fitness. I, my business has not been interrupted by any of what's been going on with the protests. I am a full support of the protests because I've actually taken the time to come down and speak to these people, get to know them, get to know why they're here, and hear their stories, which is what a lot of people aren't doing. And I believe that most people that are just put spewing out hate and all this ugly language towards these truckers, those are the people who are staying at home and not making the effort to come downtown and talk to these people. That's exactly it. So we heard of all these people from across Canada coming here for whatever reason they have. So we said, you know what, let's go out. Let's talk to all of our neighbors from across the country. And so far, every single person we have met has just met us with so much love, so much understanding, mm -hmm. so much peace. And they made me cry so many times just hearing their incredible stories for what they're fighting for. And I just love everyone so much. And we're just having this amazing conversation with these people here. and. Yeah. I'm just, I'm so amazed at all of our beautiful community. Yeah, and even the other day, I brought my mother downtown and she watches news religiously. So she sees what's going on and she only hears from them. I brought her down here, she's like, I don't know what they're talking about on the news. <laughs> These people are so friendly. Yeah. And this is coming from a person who's only getting her information from the news. But she took, she made that effort to step out and go beyond that and actually yeah, speak to yeah. people, get to know them. What's your what's your take on that, Leonor? Yeah, uh, you know, again, <laughs> I, 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 I think this is the state coming in in a very bizarre way to try to interfere in people's lives, right. and also to fabricate a narrative. And we've seen this before to fabricate a narrative that people are, you know, engaging in like violent protests when things are peaceful. Yeah. You know, well, it's. I mean, Justin Trudeau is just looking so ridiculous right now. That's you know, that's my other interpretation oh, and he's of this. Listen well, to that's the other part of it. And one one other piece about this COVID. Uh, uh, Canada has been really restrictive about people coming in there with regard to COVID testing, everything, and that's interfering in their in their uh, trade relations. So let's listen to the media's history with Black Lives Matter and the riots and protests leading up to the 2020 election, and what, how they covered this up. This was where they were burning uh, buildings to the ground. And none of that's happening with the truckers. Okay, but let's take a listen. I want to be clear in how I characterize this. this is a now, now, by the way, when he says, I want to be clear how I characterize this, there's a huge burning fire behind this CNN reporter <laughs> of a building burning to the ground. Well, let me make sure I say yeah. this right and nuance it properly so you don't get a bad idea of this. <laughs> yeah, so let's play that again. I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a mostly a protest. Uh, it is not, uh, it is not generally speaking, unruly. That ain't a riot, what we're seeing right now in Minneapolis. They are strictly principled anti-fascists, and they've taken a principled stand to stand against white supremacists and white nationalists wherever speech. they may yeah. show up. I argue to you tonight, all punches are not equal morally. It true. says it right in the name, Antifa, anti-fascism, which is Don what Lamont. they were there um, fighting. Listen, there's... You know, no organization is perfect. There was some violence. Any reasonable person would say we shouldn't be destroying other people's property. But these are not reasonable times. But thank goodness for the looters, man. And please show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite 
and peaceful. I don't care that much about statues. Shouldn't that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night throwing it into the harbor? People will do what they do. You're seeing behind me is one of multiple <laughs> locations Nancy, right? yeah. that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Do not get it twisted and think that, oh, this is some something that has not never happened before and then this is so terrible and where are we and these savages and all of that this is how this country was started yeah people get mad and people get sick of it people are risking covid to explain to this country that we're fed up most of the major movements in american history have started at the grassroots level and at some point have turned into direct conflict with american government so Remember your history before you judge your present. Thuggishness is thuggishness wherever it comes from politically, and and we should be the first to call it out. I disagree. (laughs) No, he disagrees. So the guy said something rational, right? Yeah. (laughs) And the anchor said, I disagree. Yeah. We're not going to. But, you know, sometimes they get it right. So this is MSNBC talking about the current state of affairs in our economy. Let's take a listen to this. Uh, MSNBC expert Steve Leisman uh, on CNBC. So, Steve, people were freaking out over last month's number. Now we've got one that's even higher. Is it? Is- well, we got a inflation that's seven and a half percent. We're going to get into multinational talk about that. Uh, impact on this, and this is going to be an interesting story. You're not going to hear uh, anywhere but on the Scott Adams Show. Let's take a listen again. So, Steve. People were freaking out over last month's number. Now we've got one that's even higher. Is it as bad as it looks and sounds? Yeah, I don't see anything inside the report like we often have that kind of says, well, maybe you should take this with a grain of salt. I think you should take this uh, exactly as it appears, which is it's a bad number. Inflation is high. And the the trouble is I I don't see much relief, uh, at least in the next several months, Uh, And the reason is because there may be some things that are yet to uh, catch up or be caught by this uh, uh, consumer price index report today. Uh, What we had today was higher energy prices, higher food prices, uh, higher used cars. You laid it all out just perfectly before. Um, Apparel prices are up. Even airline fares are up. I thought maybe there'd be a little relief, and there was just a little, from the Omicron wave maybe reducing, and it did. uh, 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 Hotel prices came down a little bit, but that could come back. And so the problem that we have here is that there's a series of, uh, of events that have uh, led to higher prices. When people uh, call in sick because of uh, having the virus, it reduces the supply of goods to the economy. Uh, we have a problem with wages going up. We have a problem with commodities and our, our ports and supplies are backed up. And I just don't see any relief from that anytime soon. Uh, even when it comes to gas prices, sometimes they spike and they start to come down as you have an increase in production. We don't hear OPEC uh, increasing production very much. So I'm afraid this number is bad and could get worse before at least the forecasts are it gets better towards the end of the year. So, Jason, overall, do you agree? Is the situation going to get worse before it gets better? Do you see any reason to hope? Um, You can always hope, but I think these numbers are worse uh, than they look. I think Omicron temporarily lowered them in January. As that goes away, some of these prices, like the hotels and motels that Steve were talking about, are going to come back. The big story in 2022 is going to be that service prices um, pick up. Those were relatively muted in 2021. 2021 was all about cars. It was all about goods. 
Um, that's not going to be where you see the inflation this year. Um, but the baton is being handed to the service part of the economy. I don't see any respite, um, at least for the next several months. And inflation would really be high all year. Uh, for a lot of folks, uh, Jason, the Fed is where they look. You know, the, they're in talks about trying to get in front of this. The White House obviously wants to get on top of this. What needs to change? The Fed has now focused on inflation as the main problem we have. And inflation, remember, these prices are rising faster than wages. And so workers are losing out. The Fed is laser focused on that. They're going to be raising rates in March. I expect they're going to be raising rates at every meeting this year um, unless something changes and what's going on in inflation. And slowly that'll bring it down. A bit of time, a bit of patience, a bit of change in the Fed. I think this will get better, um, but not not necessarily very quickly. Well, the fundamentals are wrong. And the driving force, you know, some people could argue that this was uh, always going to happen because of the gold standard uh, change in the 70s. Um, we're no longer, you know, uh, basing the dollar off the gold standard. Um, that was Nixon, I think, that uh, reversed that. But it's this quantitative easing from the Federal Reserve, number one. And, and that's uh, Powell. Jerome Powell is an idiot. And then um, it's it's all this giveaway of money that the Biden administration has done. Well, Giving all this money and pumping it into the economy to the point where we're almost at $30 trillion in debt is the reason why this money has become devalued and liquidized to the point where um, the idea is, is that the money is watered down, it's devalued, and so it doesn't matter what kind of raise you're going to get, the inflation is outpacing any kind of uh, uh, salary hike. Well, and, and with regard to the inflation, again, you know the uh, the rate for the rate across the um, across all industries is seven point five percent. The you know the report just came out yesterday. But if you look at certain sectors like energy, the price the um, infl- energy costs are up over twenty percent since last year. I'm sorry, twenty seven percent since last year. So you're going to see more and more of that. And I just want to make a comment about one of what, what, something that one of the commentators said that you're going to see more um, increases in services. Yeah. The reason why you're going to see more price increases in services is because there's going to be more of a focus on services because now that we're having, uh, for a couple of reasons, now that we're having supply chain issues, uh, there's going to be less of a focus on products. And also there's less of a focus on products because people are out and about more than they were during the pandemic when they were more dependent on having products delivered to them at home. So you have those two factors, one being a positive and one being a negative, driving towards a greater uh, cost and services, interest and cost and services. Yeah. Well, closing the Keystone Pipeline was a pretty stupid move. Of course it Let's was. Let's take a listen to Joe Biden. Let's see what he has to say. Joe Biden might have something, some answers. I'm going to work like the devil to bring gas prices down, which I'm going to work in to make sure that we keep strengthening the supply chains to bring the cost of energy and everything else and the goods that come to America. And everything else and down. who knows what. By opening the ports 24-7, by changing a whole range of things. You know, what's happened with COVID, COVID has caused significant increase in prices in the supply chain. Ain't COVID. It ain't COVID. You know, know, here's a guy that wants to bring down the price of oil, but yet closes the Keystone Pipeline. Yeah. Give me a break. That is insane, right? And, um, you know, but Thomas, you heard what I just said, 27% yeah. increase in energy. Yeah. Thomas Sowell wrote this. One of the biggest 
And one of the oldest taxes is inflation. Governments have stolen their people's resources this way, not just for centuries, but for thousands of years. If you put $1,000 in your piggy bank in 1960 and took it out to spend in 2000, you would discover that your money had over time lost 80% of its value. Income taxes only transfer money from your current income to the government, but it does not touch whatever money you have saved over the years. With inflation, the government takes the same cut out of both. It is bad enough when the poorest have to turn over their same share of their assets to the government as the richest do, but it is grotesque when the government puts a bigger bite on the poorest. This can happen because the rich can be can more easily convert their assets from money into things like real estate, gold, or other assets whose value rises with inflation. But a welfare uh, mother is unlikely to be able to buy real estate or gold. So he wrote a column in the Mercury News, Inflation Can Tax the Poor as Well as the Rich. Yep. Now, here's a guy who explains the banking scam. Uh, he's uh, uh, from Europe. Let's take a listen. It is my opinion that you do not really understand the concept of banking. All the banks are broke. Uh, Bank Santander, Deutsche Bank, Royal Bank of Scotland, they're all broke. And why are they broke? It isn't an act of God. It isn't some sort of tsunami. They're broke because we have a system called fractional reserve banking, which means that banks can lend money that they don't actually have. It's a criminal scandal, and it's been going on for too long. To add to that problem, you have moral hazard, a very significant moral hazard from the political sphere. And most of the problem starts in politics and central banks, which are part of the same political system. We have counterfeiting, sometimes called quantitative easing, but counterfeiting by any other name. The artificial printing of money, which if any ordinary person did, they'd go to prison for a very long time. And yet governments and central banks do it all the time. Central banks repress the amount of interest that rates are, so we don't have the real cost of money. And yet we blame the real retail banks for manipulating LIBOR. The sheer effrontery of this is quite astonishing. It's central banks. It's central banks that manipulate interest rates, Commissioner. And plus, underneath all this, we talk loosely, in a rather cavalier fashion, do we not, about deposit guarantees. So when banks go broke through their own incompetence and chicanery, the taxpayer picks up the tab. It's theft from the taxpayer. And until we start sending bankers, and I include central bankers and politicians, to prison for this outrage, it will continue. That's a well-said point. And I wanted to add to this. And then, Leonora, you have some inter- you've, you're working on something uh, related to China. And yeah. I want to talk about that in a second. But I saw this meme, and it said, McDonald's, now with higher prices, topped $23 billion in revenue in 2021. Starbucks raising prices despite soaring profits. ExxonMobil reports an $8.9 billion fourth quarter profit as oil prices soar. The oil and gas giant said it would resume its stock 
buyback program by repurchasing $10 billion in shares over the next two years. UPS just posted record-breaking profits planned to hike prices in 2022. Well, guess what? You know, the COVID made the pharmaceuticals rich. It also made Bezos rich. It made a lot of these um, services rich. Yeah. One of the things that came out in that report that we listened to from CNBC mm-hmm. was that services is going to be the next thing to get hit. That's going to involve um, all the gig economies, the delivery services, uh, the livery services, and all that. Now, what I said in response to this was I uh, said Biden inflation for corporate cronies who vote to pay for pay-to-play and control media narratives in coordination with a corrupt Biden crime family who shut down the Keystone XL pipeline after big corporations stocked their inventory with cheap goods and parts. Need more time? Execute a supply chain strategy to keep competing products offshore until your stock is depleted. Need more cash? That's easy. Screw up Afghanistan and open the southern border to import slave labor disguised as refugees and illegal migrants. It's akin to buying a house at a, a, when the market is low, selling the house when the house uh, when there's a housing bubble, and getting out before the collapse. That's exactly what the Biden cronies, just like we did with the Biden Center, where Blinken covered up Chinese chi- Chinese donations to the Biden Center, just like and and Blinken got the Secretary of State job. Well, Amy Gutman from the University of Pennsylvania, the president of the university, made all this happen where she's making out like a bandit with BioNTech and Moderna, uh, resulting in profits to not only the board of trustees, but also making money off of every vaccine sale. And now she's now the German, uh, the ambassador to Germany. Yep. All these pay-to-play schemes. But the worst of all, is that the Biden crime family basically controlled because these economies, economists are not stupid. They know when they pull a lever what's going to happen. They're not dummies. Yep. So they knew that when they shut down the XL pipeline and they uh, screwed up the supply chain and they opened up the borders, that this was going to be not only a profit from slave labor to the corporations that supported their campaigns, but in turn, the return on investment was that they got to buy uh, the products that make the parts that they sell in uh, in an inflationary period. Uh, They bought those parts on the cheap. Now they're selling the byproduct on the high. It's basically akin to knowing what the market's going to do ahead of time and buying buying a house at an all-time low and selling it at the top of the bubble maximizing your profits. And these profit earnings uh, that are disclosed indicate that that is true. Mm-hmm. Now, you had something going on with yeah, China. I'm we gonna be, uh, yeah, I'm going to be, we only have, yeah, we don't have much time, yeah. but I'm going to be reviewing a book um, by Shaman Lee, The Rise of China. Shaman Lee is a political science professor at Old Dominion, your uh, alma mater. And, and basically the premise of the book is about how China operates as a corporation and a lot as, as opposed to a country. And so, you know, and a lot of this is because they have absolute power. The, go- uh, the government has absolute power. There's low human rights advantages. And other countries are tolerating China because we are we have the faulty premise that they wanted to become like the West. 
and that their middle class would rise in the same way and create that. And then once that, that drive for goods and services would also translate into an interest in freedom. But the problem and the difference is in, in China, the state controls everything. Mm. You, you, you are not empowered in any way to well, change your, your outcome. You are completely dependent. And that's what depend- they want here. And that's what they want here. And, of course, it gets more, far more dangerous than that. And, you know, it becomes like becoming part of the mafia, you know. So, I mean, when, you know, you, you, you can't leave either once you become emboldened. But it's, it's a very fascinating situation, although a very dangerous situation, what has happened in China. And we in the West have enabled it a little bit because we were so optimistic uh, with the fall of, with the death of Mao Zedong and then what, at Tiananmen Square that China really wanted democracy. And, and the people that really, truly wanted it, you know where they went? They came to the United States. Yeah, they 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 came to Europe. They got out of China, but the people that are still there, the middle class, they are yeah. not functioning in the same way that the thriving middle class does in Western countries. So you're going to be making our my my pillow mattress coil mattress ad. I you? am going to be. So you're going to have to tell me more and more about how you're enjoying it, so that we can really show how that mattress <laughs> is helping you as you recover from, you know, uh, what our listeners know is six and a half hours of serious spine surgery. Yeah. So, you know, this mattress is is playing a critical therapeutic uh, is, role in your recovery. It is the best mattress I've ever laid on. And uh, it. what I like about it, when you lay on it, it feels like a substantial piece of equipment. It's got over a thousand coils yeah. in it. Uh, they're, they're, reinforced foam co- they're reinforced foam coils. So the thing rolls up in a box. It's so they send to it handle. to you. It's easy to but handle. It's not like it's a not big like mattress a foam shows mattress. up at your door. It's not, because they sell a foam mattress that's cheaper. Yeah. They also sell a coil mattress, which also comes in a box. How they do it is beyond me. But it's amazing. It's got over a thousand coils. It feels like you're on a hotel bed. It's and those firm, are the best beds, hotel firm beds. Firm and soft. And uh, for me, it's, it's been a game changer for my back. Because I got out of the hospital bed, and, uh, which was in my home. It reclines and does. But by the way, they also sell a reclining mechanism cool. at my pillow. Cool. And so, slippers, what you want to do? Slippers too, and robes and and sheets and pillows. Everybody obviously. knows about so pillows. <laughs> we're get, we're getting uh, our red state code gets about seventy percent off on the pillows, almost seventy percent. The red state code brings it down to like nineteen ninety eight for a set of pillows. And um, and then the mattress, you get 30% off on the mattress, which is the maximum discount you can get using our code called Red State. So if you want to check out this mattress, like I said, I bought uh, an Amazon mattress. Yeah. And it was a foam mattress. It was one of their most expensive foam mattresses that they had. And I, I, uh, what I, I returned it uh, because I didn't like it. I felt like I was sinking. And uh, I got this mattress with the Red State discount. You just put in Red State and you get the maximum discount over at MyPillow.com. And let me tell you something. This mattress, it's got a 10-year warranty. It's got a 60-day trial period. And it is the best mattress I've ever, ever laid on. So you buy one, you're supporting Red State. Absolutely. And you support Red State and make us look good. So please do that. Uh, we're at plum out of time. Plum My out of time. My name is Scott Adams. My name is Leonora Corvetta. We'll see you next time on the Scott Adams Show on the radio. Bye-bye. Now see this mess. 
Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. I grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.